signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. That's amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Heart-rending. Exciting. Thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. Go crazy, folks. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Oh, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vane, the Boogie Woogie Man. Hey, guys, I'm ESPN's Marty Smith, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rock? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460. Simulcasting on 710 WFNR. Streaming online at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now your host, Rick Watson. Rick Watson. Baker Team Hotline. Start off this Friday morning in grand style, 639-4900. Text line is also open, 744-2990. Rick with the Capital Art New River Radio. Lots of rain here in the uh, morning hours, so be safe if you're out and about. Supposed to kind of subside around noon and pick up again later this evening. Just in time for you when you're going to work and then when you're getting off work today. Rain, rain, and more rain. But hey, I'm not going to complain too much because it's not snow. We'll be traveling a little bit later on with Neil. We're going to be headed down to Charlotte for the Big South Conference Basketball Tournament tonight. Radford is the late game. You can tune us in right here. Pre-game at 8 o'clock. Tip-off at 8.30. The Highlanders take on the Winthrop Eagles. And right now, Vegas has Radford a one-point favor, which shows you how close it's going to be. So be sure to join us tonight. Quarterfinals get underway a little afternoon today down in Charlotte. 
Radford women had a dramatic victory at the buzzer to advance. <clears throat> oh, excuse me, over Presbyterian. And I had that shot somewhere. And, eh, you know, it's one of those deals where if you have it, you pause it, and then they get rid of it. Well, anyway, the Big South doesn't have a great site for that. But I'll try to find the shot again so you can hear it a little bit later on. But it was a, a big win for the, uh, for the Radford women as they advanced to the semifinals. And it kind of has, uh, you know, Virginia Tech connection. The Big South Conference Freshman of the Year, Ashlyn Trailer. After Presbyterian got awarded three free throws and a very questionable foul on a three-point shot, was trailing the ball coming down the floor. The guard threw it back to her, and she hit a little runner in the lane as time expired. And March Madness kicked in in the Big South on the ladies' side as Radford survived 69-68, and they now advance to take on the top seed, Gardner-Webb. That'll be 6 o'clock tomorrow. So ideally, if you're a Highlander fan, have uh, Radford men win tonight, win again tomorrow, and then you just kind of hang out ready for the women's game in the semis. But we'll see how it all unfolds as March Madness has begun. Mid-majors get it started always. And it's just the best time of year if you're a college basketball fan. Really, if you're a sports fan, it's one of the best times of year. All right, the Tech women now know their opponent. They've waited a couple of days, earning the double bye, and they will take on Miami. We had Liz Kitley on Wednesday. She said during the interview they expected to see Miami. Well, they know it's going to be a tough game. And you say, why? Well, because Miami beat Virginia Tech down at their place 77-67 in the only meeting of the two schools this year. So, Tech, even though they're, in my opinion, the favorites to win the whole thing, is the number eight team in the country, I have a feeling, knowing Kenny Brooks, that he is going to push all the right psychological buttons for that team tonight because it's the team that beat them, right? And this is where, if you're a coach, you have to say, hey, it doesn't really matter that you're Sitting here in the late game, double bye, eight-game winning streak. You're going to be hosting an NCAA regional. This team has no respect for you, right? They beat you. They think they can beat you again. I mean, it's going to be easy for him to get that team motivated tonight. So that is the ACC final quarterfinal tonight. You have Wake and Louisville at 11, NC State, Louisville. Now, see, the thing about it, ACC gets it right. See, they start that first game at 11, so they give an extra hour window between the first game and the second game, unlike the Big South, who still hasn't figured it out after all these years. Because you cannot play college basketball games two hours apart. For some reason, they stick to those times, and it makes zero sense. Um, So Wake and Louisville at 11 in the first ACC women's quarterfinal. Then you have NC State and Notre Dame at 2. Then you have the skip in between, and then the evening session begins at 6, North Carolina and Duke. And then uh, Miami and Virginia Tech, that'll start about 8.30 tonight. So there you go. Field is now set in the quarters, and Liz set it, and that's what happened. It's Miami. And nobody 
is really, really that surprised. Um, speaking of the ACC, I put up an article yesterday. Uh, it's very interesting on the BDST uh, Facebook page. Facebook, the electric friendship generator. And it's talking about the concerns of the future of the ACC and its lack of being able to keep up financially has now come full circle. And it's really being pushed and brought to the attention of everyone else by Florida State, who we've told you now for the last several months, going back to the summer, we're working behind the scenes diligently to try to get out of the league, to try to figure out how to get beyond these media rights that the ACC owns. They haven't been able to find the loophole yet, but I have a feeling they're going to get other schools on board to challenge this thing. And I don't know how strong that agreement's going to hold up once you start throwing multiple lawsuits at it, and then the league has to pay to defend itself in its own media rights agreement. But Michael offered the AD there at Florida State, um, has been talking to a lot of other athletic directors around the ACC who have mega concerns about this conference's ability to keep up with the likes of the SEC and the Big Ten. Alfred says, at the end of the day, for Florida State to compete nationally, something has to change moving forward. The numbers are stark. And this is exactly what we told you was going to happen back when both the Big Ten and the SEC announced their new deals. When UCLA and USC went to the Big Ten, when Oklahoma and Texas goes to the SEC, you're now seeing the natural uh, natural trickle-down effect. And now these things are coming out. Because you know how it is in your everyday life. Right? When it starts getting down to money, whether it's in your own job, whether it's in something that you do, whether it's what your business is looking at and its bottom line, that's when the bullets start firing. And the ACC is about to have, I believe, a lot of upheaval over what's going on with its current TV deal, the media rights, and you're going to see some litigation and some nastiness, I think, come out of the ACC and having their media rights stranglehold on this league challenged sooner than later. And the league really cannot keep up. Right? They just can't. The deals for the SEC and the Big Ten are going to pay annually around $40 million or more than any ACC school is going to get in the current makeup. Right? 30 to 40 million more annually. This after the ACC distributed a record 36 million per full time member. So think about this for a second. The schools in the SEC and the Big Ten are going to get 30 to 40 million more per year, which is more than what the ACC just doled out. So it's going to be over twice as much. You're looking at. 80 to $90 million payouts annually to the schools in the Big Ten and the SEC. Right now, Florida State and all the other schools splits the league profits evenly with every other full-time members. Notre Dame gets a partial share of that. But Alford's saying, look, our brand, Clemson said the same thing, Carolina has said the same thing. Miami, even though they're not very good, say the same thing. Our brand is responsible for a far greater percentage of that revenue. 
And this is going to be something Jim Phillips is going to cause Jim Phillips a lot of sleepless nights. Jim Phillips said, I go to bed thinking about revenue streaming and I wake up thinking about revenue. So keep an eye on all this. And you know how it is, right? Every time there's an issue, just relate it to sports. Every time something comes up, it's always related to money. Contract disputes, strikes, holdouts, whatever it might be. Lockouts. There's no way the ACC is going to continue to be able to force its member institutions to do business the way it's doing now if they want to have a viable chance. And yes, this all boils down to football with the expanded playoff coming on top of it. And if Florida State has a big year coming up in 2023, which many are expecting, right? How many times have we heard it from the experts here on the program? They, they you know, that Florida State team's probably going to be the favorite. What if they end up having a monster season and even more attention and more ammunition for them to say, you know what, we're out of here. The ACC media rights deal, I have a feeling, I don't know when, it runs through 2036. Um, Right now it's insulated the league from realignment that we've seen in other conferences. But I have a feeling that once you get more than one or two schools behind it and they start challenging this thing, the ACC is going to be in a really tough situation. How much money are they going to be willing to dish out in a league that's already struggling for revenue? How much money are they going to be able to pay lawyers and the litigation fees and everything else to try to challenge their own, what is perceived by many to be completely out-of-date media rights deals? And that's the question that lies ahead. But I think you should take the time to read it. Don't think that uh, Whit Babcock doesn't think about this every day because he does. And this conference wants to be prominent nationally. And it's not going to be able to do that, according to all these folks, with the current revenue. that's not being distributed amongst, well, your blue bloods, if you will. Florida State, Clemson. Could get nasty. Matter of fact, I think it's going to get nasty. Meanwhile, the Big 12 sitting there wondering what's going to happen. They've kind of handled their business separately. The Pac-12 doesn't even have a media deal. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We're just getting started on the Finally Friday edition. Hope you're well wherever you might be. We've got Mike McGuire, the head women's basketball coach at Raft University. We'll talk about that win and look ahead to the semis tomorrow. Jen and Mike Ashley later on. There you go. 
I have no idea why the Big South decides to put music underneath the game highlights. Nobody wants that. They just want to hear the call. But hey, I digress. By the way, Mike Ashley confirmed once again, no Bojangles in the arena. He's been down there covering the tournament really since Wednesday. For the women, it got underway. The early rounds and the men got underway on Wednesday. Then he said later on in the evening, they brought it in the VIP section. Which is a slap in the face, right? The VIP section, which is, I don't know, maybe like six people. It's all the ADs, any school presidents that come. In other words, people who aren't actually working the event are getting fed the, uh, the good food. And we are not. Those of us there are not. So it's very difficult. Very, very difficult. And we'll get into it tonight. Because the associate commissioner, Mark Simpson, is going to join me at halftime of our game. And I'm going to just ask him, why am I not holding and nibbling on a Bojangles biscuit while you're talking to me, Mark? And I want an answer. I want a direct answer. It's become a big thing down there. Mike was wondering, too, what was going on. But Mike McGuire is going to join us. As his team prepares to take on a school that went undefeated in the regular season. But Radford played them very close here, Gardner-Webb, in the semifinals tomorrow evening. So you're going to have basically a Radford doubleheader back-to-back tomorrow. You're going to have the men at about 2.30, if they win tonight. That's an if. I'm not assuming anything because I know how tough it's going to be. My goodness, it's a one-point spread today between Radford and Winthrop tonight. But if they win tonight... Play tomorrow, and then the women play after, hopefully. Now, if the Highlanders somehow come up short tonight, Neil and I will jump in the van and come back through the wee hours. Because there's nothing worse. Somebody always said, hey, you going to hang around at the tournament? They always ask me every year. Like when you're down there and your team gets eliminated, unless I'm working another game, which has happened in the past, but... <clears throat> no, you just you don't want to stay. You want to get out of there as quickly as possible. You just you, nobody wants to hang around once your team's eliminated. Like the last thing I want to do is see more basketball right then, and watch other teams potentially celebrate. So if it does end up that you come up short tonight, we'll come back and we'll just try to put it out of our brain, and then we'll start to focus on. Uh, Springtime sports at Radford. But hopefully that won't be the case. Hopefully you get the dub tonight. We'll be hanging around tomorrow and go back and have a semifinal game. But we'll see. We shall see. And I hope that if you're a Radford fan, I hope that you head down to Charlotte. I mean, we could have a lot of fans making the exodus from the Commonwealth, exodus from the Commonwealth to North Carolina, right? If you're a Tech women's basketball fan, to Greensboro for tonight. If you're a Radford fan, going down to Charlotte for tonight. Teams play at the same time, unfortunately. But it's going to be um, every bit of why this month is so special in a college basketball setting. I would like to hear from you heading into the weekend, whatever's on your mind. 639-4900, text line 744-2990.
We'll take a break. We'll come back. Finally, Friday edition of the program. We've got Mike McGuire, Jen, and Mike Ashley a little bit later on. Sayers, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Twenty-five minutes for the top of the hour. Hope you're well, wherever you might be. Six three nine forty nine hundred. Call us up. See how you're feeling this morning. A little rainy on you. Be careful. Seven four four twenty nine ninety. That's the text line. They said he was uh, said he was crude. One of the soundtracks of your teenage years, right? Little Eagles. Talented, talented band. Of course, uh, what, Glenn Fry is gone. Okay. A couple members of the band are no longer with us. And we've had to get used to a lot of that here in 2023 20, already. Losing a lot of folks. Ugh. Tech men tomorrow. Senior day, final game for a few players tomorrow. As Tech tries to uh, finish out the final week. With a couple of wins, they won at Louisville, of course, uh, Tuesday, and then they've got Florida State, another game they should win tomorrow. And then they have a lot of work to do. They have to get it done in the uh, tournament to have any shot. They're so far down the board now with the net and all the other elements of it. That game gets underway at 4 o'clock, by the way, on Saturday, Florida State 9 and 21, 7 and 12 in the league. And this tournament's going to be very interesting. I think the ACC tournament's got the potential to have some games that don't go the way you think they're going to. And we all hope that doesn't happen tonight for the Tech women as they get Miami again. The Cavender Twins, who have an immense social media following, I'll tell you that, looking at their social media on Instagram and stuff, man, they've got like hundreds of thousands of followers, the two twin guards for Miami. But they uh, they took it to Tech down at their place. Can they figure it out tonight, the Tech women? I, I think they will. They're ready to go. I know that. Won't be any assumption from that group tonight. And I think they're going to be very motivated. Very, very motivated. Because you have to have pockets of motivation when you're a favorite, and the Tech women are a favorite in this tournament. 
And I know those players all look at it the same way. And, I, you know, I've noticed that hanging around the Radford players, too. Like, we look at it from a different perspective. Even myself, who's around it and I know better, right, as fans, we kind of look at it differently. Oh, well, team's playing really well, and then the, another team pops up. Like, for instance, Radford's going to face that tonight on the men's side. Because they play a Winthrop team that won its last four games. And when I talk to Mark Prosser, I'll ask him about how the team finished hot. But they have easy motivation because Radford beat Winthrop twice in two very close games during the regular season. So not only are you trying to continue your seasons – but you're also going into it, and those players are thinking, you know, it doesn't matter that they won four in a row. This is a team we didn't beat. And they have quite a few players that are moving on after this season, so it'll be their last time playing Radford. So those things there, advantage kind of goes to Winthrop in the psychological battle, the intangibles, if you will. But everybody has the same – that's why this – everybody asks why March Madness is so special and why this time of year for college basketball. I don't think it can ever be overstated. I mean, how many times you see a great shot at the end, like yesterday for Radford women, or people talk about their memories of it. It's because of the, it, there is such intense pressure because you're either playing the next day or you're done. And in many cases, careers are done. It's the finality of it. I was talking to uh, Brian Hart, who you've heard on the show numerous times. He's been in the studio with me, former Radford guard. And, you know, last year, first year for uh, Darius Nichols and his staff, Radford didn't have a great regular season. They won 11 games. So they got in the quarterfinals against North Carolina A&T. The game went to overtime, and, and A&T beat them. And he said something yesterday as the team was going through their final practice that I thought was interesting. He said, you know, Rick, I feel like – and he's kind of he's, – he's, he hangs around and he helps the coaches a little bit. He's just um, doing some things, finishing up his degree and so forth at Radford, but he works with the players. And he's kind of an ear in the players too. So he told me, he said, Rick, you know, I've gone through all the guys who might be playing their last game. And I've talked to them one-on-one, and I said, look, it's one thing to know in the back of your mind that if you lose this game on Friday night, that you're done as a college basketball player. There's another reality of when the final seconds tick off the clock, the other team is celebrating, and you're standing there realizing there's no practice tomorrow. He said that was the thing that got him. There's no extra shooting to get ready for the next game. We're jumping on the bus and you're going home. Exit interviews, season over. We'll see you in the summer for workouts. And he said that's the thing that took him and it takes all those players such a long time to kind of accept. And that's what you're trying to prevent against in these games that are do or die. Now, it's not that way for the Power Five tournaments. This is why the mid-majors rule March Madness. 
These Power Five tournaments, certain teams that aren't expected to do well, their seasons win. But if you're a top, for instance, if you're in the Big Ten and you're a top eight or nine team, even if you lose in the tournament, you know you're going to be playing in the NCAA. But in these mid-majors, most of the leagues, not all, there are some that will get multiple bids, but most are one and done. You get one opportunity. And that's why the finality of it and the drama is captured so vividly with the schools that, yeah, you've heard of. You understand that some of these schools are really good at basketball, but at the same time, you don't necessarily follow them as passionately as you do the Power Fives and so forth. And this is where any of these blowhards like Greg Sankey from the SEC tries to say, oh, we should just go ahead and make it an exclusive tournament and wipe out the mid-majors and expand it for the Power Fives and all this. I mean, the short-sightedness of the all-inclusive opportunity that when everything else is heading in separate directions in college sports, right? We just talked about it with the revenue and the previous segment in the ACC even even power fives are going in separate directions it seems at least two of the power fives the big 10 and the SEC well this this tournament just like the baseball tournaments the olympic sport tournaments everybody's included so it kind of brings it all back home to the base and i would hope that the constant pursuit of singularity, I guess, more funds being directed at your league. I hope that the short-sightedness of saying, hey, well, you're just going to mow over everybody? And look, and nobody's claiming the mid-majors make the kind of money for college sports that the, the Power Fives do. Florida State has a point. If they've done their research and they see that they bring in 15 more percent of revenue just because of their brand, then yeah. No wonder they've been working behind the scenes for the last year and a half to try to get out of that media rights to leave the league. They want to go to the SEC. SEC wants them. The SEC wants Florida State. The SEC wants Clemson. But they know that nothing can be pursued until there's either some kind of challenge with the media rights deal or if the ACC, which they will never do, relinquishes that stranglehold. But with the college basketball tournament, the easy argument, the low-hanging fruit is to say, well, why should a Radford University or William & Mary or James Madison, why should we share any of this money with these schools when they don't bring it, right? So it's got to be at some point, common sense to understand that if you take that away, I can't imagine advertisers at the networks are going to feel the same way about this tournament if they decide to make it a separate deal down the road. Maybe I'm wrong, but this has been such a traditional, wonderful thing that takes the entire country by storm. I mean, it's just like a Super Bowl week except it lasts a lot longer than a weekend. I mean, it's got to just be 
at some point go, you know what? Yeah, there's something that we just don't mess with. All right. Yeah, we understand. We'll we'll figure out a different way to make this happen, but let's just leave this tournament alone. And we're going to talk to Mike McGuire about that coming up at 7.35. Late addition to today's show after the Radford women got their dramatic win. And we'll talk to Mike Ashley about it, who is still looking for Bojangles as we speak this morning. Because I just think that not everything has to be undone. Not everything has to be changed. The money and, and the deals that the SEC and the Big Ten have signed, I mean, my goodness, you're already at record-setting revenue and potential for more revenue. But I know once you get your, once you get your appetite and you get it, you go somewhere to the finest, finest steakhouse in like Wyoming or one of the Dakotas, Montana, and you go get that 22-ounce bone-in medium-rare ribeye, and it's the best thing you've ever tasted, you're going to go, you know what? I want that every day. (laughs) And that's kind of what the SEC, the Big Ten, that's what they're thinking. You know what? We, we, We got this contract done. We can sign even more contracts. We can make even more. And to heck with the little guys. They can figure it out. Well, that will destroy so many athletic departments. I don't even want to think about the travesty, the weight, the refuge, the debris that would be left behind if they ever decide to exclude the smaller leagues from the NCAA basketball tournament. Right now, it seems to be something nobody wants to hear, and really I think he's the only one who's brought this up. But Greg Sankey needs to stay in his lane. He's been a very, very good commissioner in terms of football revenue and keeping that league ahead of everybody else and understanding that part of it. But let the basketball leagues take care of themselves. They don't make as much revenue anyway. Just let them continue to do their thing. And I have a huge stake in it as a Highlander grad. Most folks around here may have graduated from a, a smaller school. And you know how much pride you felt, especially if you ever cut down the nets and you go to the NCAA tournament. So just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. That joy, the highlights, the pictures, everything that you see is because of the smaller schools. Especially now that you have the NIL in there and the portal with the Power 5 kids that are already making money, (laughs) right? So it means a little less to them, regardless of what happens in the NCAA tournament, just in terms of, well, I won't say it means, I can't assume, okay, that was an improper way to say it. I cannot assume it's going to mean less to the kids that are getting paid at Power Fives. But let's just say that they will have a much better chance to be comforted by going, all right, well, we lost, but I'm making half a million dollars, so I guess that's not all bad. Whereas some mid-major kids put it all into it and, that's it. So, anyway, that's my diatribe as a mid-major guy as we make our trek down to Charlotte tonight. 
around 8.30 for Radford and Winston. One-point spread. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be that kind of game. Break out the Pepto-Bismol tonight. We'll be back to wrap up Hour 1. Remind you what's ahead. Coming up. Best sports talk in the New River Valley, period. And you can quote us on that. That's the fact, Jack! That's the fact, Jack! More Big Dog next on WRAD. Now maybe... Did I mean to treat you bad? But I did it anyway. And then maybe someone say a lot was said. Had the actual call last it. night after uh, Radford's buzzer beater. Very, very exciting stuff. Oh, oh my! Oh no! Oh no! That was out of nowhere. There you go. And we hope for more of that tonight <laughs> for the Radford men <laughs> as they uh, as they take on Winthrop. <laughs> uh, that's always going to make me laugh or smile or chuckle. No matter how bad the mornings have been, no matter how bad things might get, I can hear that. And always feel, okay, things are going to be okay. Things are going to be okay. <laughs> so good. Just so, so good. All right. Uh, coming up, Mike McGuire is going to join us. He's still in Charlotte. Ladies, uh, they survived. They're in the semifinals of the Big South. That'll be tomorrow evening. Talk to Coach about the grind-out game yesterday. Radford had the lead late. Controversial call at the end. Gave Presbyterian three free throws. They made them all. They had a one-point lead and then the layup and the win. So we'll talk to him about that. Then we have Jen joining us. I believe she's in Columbia. Who knows? I can't keep up with her and her travel. I never have any idea where Jen is. So we're looking forward to that. And then we have... Mike Ashley, who's down in Charlotte, he's been there forever, feels like. I think he's been tweeting since Tuesday. Mike couldn't wait to get down to the Big South Championships. I don't think he even goes home. I think they just let him stay in the arena after the games. But I'll see him a little bit later on as well. As Neil and I head down the road to Charlotte, and we hope it's a lengthy Weekend stay. I mean, you pack for three days. You hope you're not just packing up the gear tonight at around 1030 and going, well, I guess we'll head on home now. Worst feeling ever. One point spread in the game tonight. It will come down to the final minute. It always seems to in the quarterfinals. But you get prepared for it. 
And I know the guys will be prepared for it as well. All right. Hour two coming up. Zach Helton's going to call in as well, I believe, leading off hour two. He's got a story he wants to tell me. Remember Zach? He's been on before. Voice at uh, Bluefield State. Great guy. Great broadcaster. And a funny guy, too. Hour two on a finally Friday.